been learning some things for some time now that there are some people, whether we like it or not, we've got to be able to team up, join our faith, and prove the faithfulness of God in their lives by interceding for them, praying without ceasing. Hallelujah. Amen. And we saw an example in scripture last week, Sunday, about a man called Peter the Apostle. Peter the Apostle, think about it. There was a time somebody had died. In fact, Pastor Shabba was right the other time when he said Doc, uh, Tabitha, that's her name, but it's interpreted as Docas. This is a man who they could not do without to the extent that, yes, somebody had died. Somebody would say, but why didn't the believers pray for Dorcas or Tabitha to rise up? We are all not equally gifted. Hallelujah. There's a place for prayer input. For all you know, if the believers had not prayed, possibly it wouldn't have been possible for Peter even to even come from wherever he came from, Joppa, to come and raise Dorcas up. What am I saying? We can all pray, but there are different gifts and different abilities. Are you there? Amen. So, when they needed a miracle, after their prayer, after everything, I am sure when Dorcas wasn't well, the church was praying for her, but she died nonetheless. But they thought that, no, this one must not die. This thing should not happen under our watch. So, they said, well, let's just dress her up, but send Peter, let him, let him come and come and raise Dorcas up. And Do, uh, Peter, scripture accounts that Peter came and raised the woman up. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a man that was once upon a time hijacked and arrested by Herod. Think about it. Do you know what that means? A man that they could not do without. A man when somebody had died. To the extent that there was a time Peter was in town. The Bible says that they had to put sick people in the street so that at least the Peter's shadow will fall upon them. And as many as came under the influence of Peter's shadow got their healing. The sick got healed. The crippled started walking just by his shadow. Think about it. That's how anointed Apostle Peter was. But he was arrested by Herod, the king. Such people, do you do away with them? Because you need them. And so we saw last week Sunday that prayer was made without ceasing by the church for Peter. Thank God. God is a very present help in time of trouble. The very night, the night before the man would have been executed, an angel intervened. Listen, people of God, I believe in all my heart, I mean with all my heart, that God would want us to persevere in prayer prevailing over the will of Satan, number one prevailing over the will of man. When I say the will of man, there are some times where you, you, you superimpose God's will over man's will. Are you there? Man's will says that, okay, this one, it doesn't matter. But you just know that it matters. So you intercede until God's will prevails in the circumstance. There are times where Satan's will wants to misbehave. Satan's will wants to prevail. But you use God's will to prevail. It's a warfare. It's like light contesting with darkness. For the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, darkness could not understand. How did they overcome? How did light appear here? It takes some people to stand in the gap, to pray, to prevail. 
in prayer until God's will is done. When Jesus taught us how to pray, he says, when you pray, say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't just happen. It comes through prayer. Are you there? Amen. Can I announce you to you? That's the season we have got into as a church. Time will not permit me to give you all the things that Satan has in mind to do before the close of this year. But I can show you all that God wants us to do before the close of this year. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we do it, you'll be amazed. Satan will be resisted, will be hindered. Amen. And his intentions will not materialize. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. So if you are here this morning, we are still in the season of pray without season. I remember I woke up very early this morning, 12 midnight, or before 12 midnight, I started praying. And I knew we were going to talk about pray without ceasing. But whilst praying and praying and praying, then I just saw the title or the theme, the topic for today. Where are the watchmen? Ask your neighbor, where are the watchmen? So as a sub-theme of what we are dealing with in this season, I am talking about where are the watchmen this morning? You understand the topic very soon. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 62. Isaiah chapter 62. Let me read the first seven verses quickly. From the New King James Version of the Bible. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. Verse 2. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephziba, and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. Verse 5. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Verse 6 is my emphasis. He said, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, the King James says, who make mention of the name of the Lord. If I'm right, you can correct me. Is that what the King James said? Who has the King James version of the Bible? You who make mention of the name of the Lord. You who make mention of the Lord. That's the new King James. Do not keep silent. Verse 7. And give him no rest till he establishes. Until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Somebody say amen. Say amen to the reading of God's word. Amen. Have you confirmed Isaiah 62 verses? What did he say? Did he say you who make mention of the Lord or the name of the Lord? I want to be sure. Come again. 
That's a, are you reading King James? Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Okay, thank you. Praise the Lord. What is scripture telling us here in Isaiah chapter 62? The says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. Who is a watchman? That's the question. In our modern terminology, we have changed the concept of watch, watch man and watch woman. We call them executive security officer. ESO. You just add it to your name. ESO. Executive security officer. But the man is a watchman. Hallelujah. Once you make the person executive security officer, you know that he's going to be in the office writing instead of being a watchman. Who is a watchman? People of God. A watchman is one who observes, who is vigilant, who is alert, who, like the Nigerians would say, shines his eyes. Shine your eyes. Are you there? Shine your eyes. You are vigilant. Apostle Peter, in 1 Peter 5, 8, says that, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? Yes, Lord. So a watchman is a vigilante. One who is Awake whilst others are asleep. He watches over others. In fact, when it comes to the work of a pastor, an overseer, a bishop, their primary work is that of a watchman. The Bible says concerning the congregation that they should not grieve their pastors because they watch over their souls as those who give account. Are you there? Whilst the congregation is asleep, the pastor is not supposed to sleep. He's supposed to watch over their souls. Listen, do you know what it means if somebody is made a watchman, for instance, over this house? And then, under the watch of the person, you come to church, set of drums is not around. Watchman was in charge, but where were you when somebody came and took the set of drums? Did it just disappear? Did it evaporate into thin air? Then the next Sunday we come. Can you imagine? Then they take away the pulpit under the watch of a watchman. Then we don't say anything. Okay, we come and preach without pulpit. Then the next Sunday you come, keyboard is also gone. Wow, what's happening here? Before you realize, now the carpet is being chopped into pieces. They take, it's gone. Nobody says anything. Let's assume nobody says anything. By the time you realize some set of chairs, gone. 20 chairs are gone. At least that's what they could carry. Please, do you know what it means when you are put in charge of a facility or a people and then things go wrong under your watch? Do you know what it means? It simply means you are irresponsible, period. 
So when God says that I have set watchmen over your walls, O Jerusalem, do you know in context, let's put Isaiah 62 in context. In context, this scripture actually refers to the end time, okay? But it can be applied in our time because of the two words that are used in verse, verse 6, Zion and Jerusalem. I say so because in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, when Apostle Paul was describing the believer, those of us who have come to Christ, he says, you have not come to the mount that might be touched. We don't deal with the physical mount at this time, the mountain that might be touched. That's Mount Sinai. We have not come there. But he said, but you have come to Mount Zion. Say, I, I have come. Listen, when you're born again, you are born into Zion. Amen. That's why when they ask you, where do you come from? That's not the time you want you to trace your roots. I come from, what, what did you mention? Akpafo. Or I come from Abia. Or I come from, you understand? We are all from Zion. That's what we're born into. We are Zionists. Hallelujah. Amen. Zion is the presence of God. We were born into the presence of God. He said, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Listen to the name. The city, not of the dead God, but of the living God. To the heavenly Jerusalem. That's what we have come to. So, children of God are supposed to be Zion, or are supposed to have Zion mentality and Jerusalem mentality. At least for you to understand what is going to happen to the natural or literal or physical Zion. Because one day, when we are gone to heaven, take note. I've taught about this. I've taught this last year in series. So you can go back to all our messages. They are there. When we are gone to heaven and Jerusalem is besieged by the nations of the world. And according to scripture, two thirds, you divide Jerusalem into three. Two thirds of the people are killed, destroyed. Think about it. The remaining one third, seeing the the tension and pressure that is mounting on Jerusalem will begin to make mention of the Lord. And this time around, for the first time, that nation will begin to call on God in the name of Jesus. Because there will be 144,000 people who will preach in their land, 12,000 from each tribe, preaching in their land that see, the Messiah you are looking for is the one that came and you killed. And until you call on him, he will not answer. They will begin to interpret scripture to those who remain. That we must call on God in the name of Jesus. Because up till now, the nation Israel is still practicing Judaism. They, are, they don't believe that there is anything, apart from those who are born again, they don't believe anything as a nation that there is something called Christianity. They, they are still waiting for the Messiah. But when they are under siege and they are almost gone, the nations of the world will be using all the, the uranium bombs and whatever bombs as they are exterminating and killing the land. I mean, destroying the land for the first time. They will call on God in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is that call that will bring all of us, take note, on white horses, according to scripture, with Jesus Christ, the captain of the army of Israel, the army of heaven, Bible says so. Not army of Israel. This time, the army of heaven. Jesus Christ at the front, the angels and all of us will come from heaven and land on Mount Olivet and fight on behalf of Jerusalem. Are you there? 
I'll not go into that. That's not my subject today. All I'm trying to say is that that's Isaiah 62. I'm putting it in context. So there will come a time where some people will begin to cry, literally. Now, you may not be concerned about Jerusalem. You are concerned about yourself. But there will come a time when some people will begin to call on God that for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I, I mean, I will cry unto God until his righteousness is revealed. So there will come a time, I believe, according to scripture. Is that okay? Amen. But the question is, is that not applicable in our setting and in our situation? We must also be able to say that for the sake of the church, if we are the heavenly Jerusalem, we have come to Mount Zion, to, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. Then for the sake of the church, and above all, like the psalmist said in Psalm 23, for his name's sake, he says, you lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. For his name's sake. So that the outsiders will not say that, but where is their God? How come some things happen under their watch. So God says that for you to be able to secure your walls, I have set watchmen over your walls. Who will not hold their peace day or night. Someone say day, day or night. Or night. That is to tell you that when it comes to watching, watching over a house, it's not supposed to be only night. It's supposed to be day and night. And I believe as a house, last Sunday I said it, as a house, Towards the close of next year, 2020, around October 2020, we should have been able to establish a day and night watchmanship. Hallelujah. Amen. Mind you, in scripture, in the Jewish culture, a watch constitutes three hours. Let me say three hours. Three hours. I'll show you a scripture very soon. A watch constitutes Three hours. That is the Jewish quarter. You can verify from all the his, history books. It actually started from four hours, but you know, it, it used to be four hours per watch. But then later on, they made it an established law that a watch constitutes three hours. So if somebody is giving a watch, it's like this, your guard post, you are the security man on the walls of Jerusalem, you are supposed to watch and ensure that during those three hour period, during your watch, nothing happens without you noticing it. If anything happens, you'll be held accountable. You'll be held responsible. Is that okay? Yes. Jesus Christ applied the same concept in Matthew 26. We'll be going there very soon. So, God wants a people amongst us to become watchmen over the heavenly Jerusalem, which we are. We have come there. We are the church until the literal Jerusalem begins to experience the, the work that we have just read about in Isaiah 62. Until then, God wants us to take up that responsibility of watching over his work so that some things don't happen under our watch. Am I communicating? Yes, Lord. Okay, Matthew 26 will explain what I'm talking about better. I have set watchmen over your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. He's giving you a key. That means he's talking about prayer or praise. You must use your tongue. You keep silent, some things will happen. We have established that prayer is... A connection. Prayer establishes a connection between heaven and earth. 
and gave him no rest. Listen to God talking here. And gave him no rest till he establishes. Until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. You've got to be importunate about it. One day we can look at Luke 18. This is not my subject today. But you see the, the parable Jesus gave about the widow who was importunate in prayer. She persisted that the judge should just handle her case for her. And the judge said that, look, though I'm not, I don't fear God, I'm not a righteous person, but because of this woman's persistence, let me just give her what she's looking for. Some of us push, and then when it seems nothing is happening, then we give up. Don't give up, hallelujah. We've got to be persistent until what God says he will do is done. Say amen. Matthew 26, let me give you a picture. Remember, we are talking about pray without ceasing, and we have just carved a sub-team where are the watchmen. Quickly, let me read from verse 31. It's a very lengthy story, but Matthew 26 actually captures the night before Jesus Christ was betrayed. In fact, it is in this chapter you see Jesus gathering the disciples in the upper room and then had the last supper with them. And told them that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until we now drink it together in my father's kingdom. So, you see a picture. It happened, it started in the evening. Is that okay? And then in the night watches, some things happen. Please, for your information, there are four watches of the night hours. If you are talking about day or night, then there are four in the day and four in the night. In the typical Jewish culture, a watch... The first watch is 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Is that okay? I'm giving you a picture because the watchmen that will come forth out of this message will begin to take posts. Some will take 6 to 9 p.m. Now we are doing two hours. We can. But I've told the leadership of the prayer ministry that that is not enough. That is just like warming up. But actually the real work of the watchman over God's people, it, the first post will be 6 to 9 p.m. which is the first watch. Second watch is 9 to 12 midnight. That's why we call it midnight. The night hours begin from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So the middle of that 12 hours is 12, right? 12 midnight. So the second watch is 9 p.m. to 12 midnight. Third watch, which is a very critical moment. The third watch is where every evil happens and every good thing also is manufactured. You don't post somebody to go and take care of the third watch. You know, who, 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 will be, who will not be vigilant? Jesus used to spend the third watch in prayer. You read your Bible. The Bible says long before day, the man will spend the night praying. 12 midnight to 3 a.m. And in fact, where we're going to go, you will discover that it was just around that time when many things happened. Hallelujah. 12 Amen. to 3 is the third watch. And the fourth watch, which is called the womb of the day. Some say the womb of the day. day. is the fourth watch. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. What you put into the womb is what is brought forth. So if you want to see good things in the day, you've got to capture the fourth watch and speak into those hours and they will manifest during the day. Are you there? Amen. Don't take life for granted. How do you sleep from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m.? Where are the watchmen? All right. Matthew 26. So we see Jesus finishing 
the Lord's Supper. Mind you, immediately he gave the food to Judas. Out of the twelve, Judas had left them. Because he told John. John asked that, is it me who will betray you? Everybody, is it I? Is it I? Then, John. Bible says that he could, he could push Jesus to the wall. Tell me, master, who, who is the man? Then Jesus said, the one that I dip the bread into the wine and give to, he is the one. And he did it. So John knew that it was Judas who was going to betray Jesus. And indeed, immediately, Jesus gave him the food. Bible says that immediately Satan entered him and he left them. So it was Jesus and the eleven. Judas had gone. He was going for negotiation. Some say negotiation. In Judas' mentality, he was the finance officer of Jesus' you know, ministry. So he held the money's back. And in his mind, he had always seen how Jesus had escaped trouble. So his calculation was that, look, I will betray this man to the, to the elders of the Jews. Let them come and capture him. At least, let them give me 30 pieces of silver. I need the money. But he knew that Jesus Christ would definitely escape. Little did Judas know that this one there was no escape because Isaiah had prophesied that as a lamb led to the slaughter, Jesus did not open his mouth. So he didn't know that Jesus for the first time was going to hand himself over to men to accomplish what was written about the Messiah. Judas didn't know. Hallelujah. So he had left them and look at what happened from verse 31 quickly. The Bible said, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble. The King James says you will be offended. Because of me, this night. Some say this night. In other words, this, I'm, I'm sure the Lord's Supper took somewhere around 6 p.m. Okay? That's the first word. And then, Judas had left them. So he said, this night, all of you will be offended. You will be made to stumble because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Verse 32. But after I have been raised... Listen to the man talking here. This is Jesus. He knew. What kind of confidence is this? The man knew that he was going to die and he would be raised. But all this language, they didn't even understand it all. He was talking, but it was rubbish to them. He said, but I have, after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. I'm telling you, they didn't understand it. All of them were looking for a political Messiah, which will come when we come back to the earth. That will happen. But they didn't know that the Messiah first needed to die. So whilst Jesus was talking, it sounded rubbish to them. So look at what they all did. Verse 33. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Have you heard man talking here? Let me tell you, you will see that if you are the type who likes making declarations without the appropriate or commensurate prayer barking, your words will be empty. It won't happen. Peter was making right confession but he didn't know that he needed to watch and pray for that confession to become a reality. Many of us are fond of, okay, these are the days of the faith language, so we talk faith, but nobody makes faith declaration without first praying. We even discovered in the book of James, I think two weeks ago, that James, or last week, James uh, what's the name? Uh, James tells us that Elijah the prophet, before he could declare that until there was rain by his word, uh, by his word, he said that there shall be no rain except by my word. Apostle James makes us to understand that Elijah prayed earnestly that it might not rain. 
So if you are a table, do not back your, your confessions, your declarations with prayer support. Your words will be empty. It will fall to the ground. Are you following? Amen. All right. So look at Peter saying that even if, let me read it again. Say, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Verse 34. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, some say this night, this night, before the rooster crows, and before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. 35. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Please, are you there? Eleven of them, all of them saying the same thing. We will never deny you, Lord. We are, we are with you. Please, I'm telling you, confessions are good, but they must be backed with prayer. You don't start by making confessions. You must, you must build a prayer base. Okay, so let's see what happened. Verse 36. Then Jesus came to, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Hmm. Much is to be talked about. In this, I mean about Gethsemane. And said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. So he carried the eleven. Mind you, Judas is not with them. And then said, you sit here. I'm going over there to pray. Verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Who are they? James and John, right? He took Peter, James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Did you hear that? Look at the picture. Out of the, let's say 12, because Judas was supposed to have been around, but he had gone out. Possibly all of them thought that the man, having the money is going to buy food or whatever. But they didn't know that he had his own agenda. So they presumed that, okay, Judas will come. But he had gone for a different negotiation. And if he came and betrayed the man with the case, I mean the man Jesus with the case. Jesus takes the 11 and says, stay here whilst I go over there to pray. And then he now took three out of the 12. Some say three out of 12. Three out of 12 is what? One out of four, which is 25%. I'm giving a picture. So out of the host, 25% were supposed to watch with Jesus. Say, come here, stay with me while you watch with me. Let's see what happened. Where are the watchmen? Verse 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face. Please, did you see that? That's one of the beautiful prayer postures. Lying prostrate. Did you see that? He fell on his face. I know we are used to kneeling down. I know we are used to standing. I know we are used to walking up and down. The 21st century Christian lies praying, you know, walking up and down. But if you're going to do, let's say, two watches, which is like, let's say, 6 p.m. to 12 midnight, by the time you do, you will be tired. So learn to lie on your face. You can learn from Jesus. What about if you sleep? If you're about to sleep, you will see even Jesus. You will see what happens. Please, you will see. You will see that within the three hours, he stood up three times. I'm going to show you very soon. Okay? So, whilst lying down, when sleep is coming, you get up, walk up and down. I'm showing you a prayer posture. One of the beautiful prayer postures is lying prostrate. Alright. Especially when the thing is burdensome. And you just know that this one, if I don't intervene, hell will prevail. 
Either you go on your knees or you, you lie prostrate before God. Do you remember David, for instance? David had taken someone's wife and killed the husband, Bathsheba, and had impregnated the woman. And Nathan, the prophet, had come to him and said, look, this child will die, whether I like it or not. It's an abomination. Bible says that David laid prostrate, I mean, throughout, fasting and praying, trusting that God would change the story. It was only after the child had died that he stood up and washed his face and ate. And they wondered, what kind of man is this? While the child was alive, you were fasting. While the child is dead, you are eating. <laughs> he was doing something. He was like, this is my, I am trusting God for a change. When you want to trust God for a change, learn to go on your face. Learn to be on your knees. Is that okay? Paul said, for this cause, I bow my knees. You can never lie prostrate until you first bow your knees. Can I say that again? You can never lie prostrate until you first. After all, if you're going to go down, won't you, your, your knee go down? Yeah. So, when you, bowing your knees not necessarily means being on your knees. It actually includes being on your knees and also lying prostrate. What am I teaching? I'm just showing you that those of us who are used to gymnastics in prayer, if they give you three watches, which is how many hours? Nine hours. You can't do that. By the time you finish, all your muscles are in ache because the next day, you must do the watchman job again. So, learn to relax the muscles sometimes. That's my teaching anyway. Hallelujah. Yo. All right. Listen, people. Verse 38. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Here, the battle was between Jesus' will and the will of the Father. I told you that sometimes you have your will or the will of man or the will of Satan. But you are using God's will to prevail over every other will. It takes persistent, watchful prayer to do that. Please look at it. Verse 40. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, what? That's the leader. So what? Someone say what? Could you not watch with me one hour? What was Jesus saying? In other words, within the three hours, after the first one hour, he stood up and came, thinking that they were watching with him. And they found him sleeping. So what? What are you doing? Out of the three hours, you are sleeping even the first hour. Okay, let's go on. What did Jesus tell them then? Then he said, watch and pray. In other words, be vigilant, be alert, open your eyes. And whilst doing that, pray. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And you know all of them entered into temptation. When Jesus was arrested, everybody scattered. Peter indeed denied Jesus that same night. So I don't know him. And even cares. I, I swear I don't know him anywhere. The same man who said that if even if you're going to die, I will not deny you. He changed his mind. Listen, if we don't back our words with prayer, you will be amazed that you will change your confession when it matters most. For instance, somebody is going to marry and all you care about is just, okay, I'm ready. You put all the decorations and you're just going to say, I do. You'll be amazed when the enemy will push you to the wall and you who said, I do, will begin to say, I don't. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Man. 
Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. All of them were willing to go with Jesus. Mind you, they said, I will never deny you. All of them. Bible said, everybody says so. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. He said, the flesh is weak. Verse 42. Again, a second time. Someone said, a second time. He went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Verse 43. And he came and found them asleep again. This is the second hour. Within the first, I mean the three hours, he, he found them again sleeping for their eyes were heavy. Have you been heavy with sleep before? You do everything. You chew granite, it doesn't work. You chew, you chew plantain chips, it doesn't work. I'm just confessing what I do. Friday I was living here when it was raining. Oh, I was feeling sleepy. Driving in the thick rain and feeling sleepy. I did everything. Sleep will not go. I took gum. That was even worse. I started, yeah, I said, driving and doing this. I took, I bought plantain cheese. It didn't work. I bought, I had some corn. I chewed it. It didn't work. Then I look around. Sugar cane. I bought it. I chewed it. It didn't work. I said, hey. I mean, where I, where I was, there was no turning back. In the middle of flood. And I was going home to come back to come and join the prayer ministry for us to pray. So I needed to go anyway. And the man was feeling sleepy. Heavy with sleep. May that not happen when you are supposed to watch and pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Carabas. Verse 43 again. And he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time. This is the third hour. Saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them. So you see that Jesus Christ came the first time. First hour, they were asleep. Second hour, they were asleep. And he came the third time, meaning that within the three hours, you see how you can do watch and pray. As you are praying, you can change the postures. You don't, if you lie down for three hours, you will sleep off. Definitely. So somewhere along the line, you change the posture. If you walk, 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 and your legs are heavy, try and kneel down. At least you must occupy the hours with prayer and not with sleep. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It's the third hour. They were still sleeping. In fact, the King James puts it in a different way. The King James said, Sleep on. Do you know what it means to sleep on? It's like you are sleeping. Man, continue. Sleep on. The die is cast. There's nothing you can do again. Sleep on. But the new King James says, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And the story goes on and on. Judas indeed came, and everything that was written happened. Hallelujah. But indeed, they entered into temptation because they were not watching and praying. All of them scattered abroad. I know that on the day of crucifixion, John alone stood by the cross, and Jesus said, Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. But the point is that at that critical moment, that midnight hour, that night watches, even John was also not around. But somehow he came back. But for Peter, in fact, he couldn't even forgive himself until when Jesus rose from the dead, he told them, the women who came to the tomb that go and tell my disciples and Peter, he mentioned his name. Alana Peter would never forgive himself because he said that, Master, everybody can deny you, but me, I will never. 
Before you can make those declarations, learn to watch and pray. And here I'm talking about talking them tongues, building a prayer capacity. You understand? Emboldening yourself. Bible says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And we have seen that that phrase, building up, Jude verse 20, also means charge yourself like a battery. You want to be bold. Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Learn, learn. Those of us who have not received the Holy Spirit in International Prayer Resort Ministries, I don't know what else you are waiting for. Are you waiting for somebody to come and push you and spit in your face before you know that you have received the Holy Ghost? Are you there? My question this morning is, where are the watchmen? Because I can tell you, as a man of the Spirit, that Satan means us more than anything. Are you there? I said, Satan, what? He means, you don't want me to mean somebody. Like, I mean this woman. And I will show him pepper. I mean this man. I will really prove to him that he, on your shade, he's nothing. That is what Satan wants to do before the close of 2019, the year of revival. And as a watchman and as watchmen, we must not allow what Satan wants to do to happen under our watch. Other than that, we will be held accountable. Please, are you there? Yes. That's the essence of all my plenty talking. Satan must not be given a foothold. Bible says, don't give him a foothold. Do you know why? If you give Satan just a foothold, oh, he will add the other one. And now build himself there, make it a stronghold. And then it becomes a phenomenon that as for here, there's nothing you can do about it. Once, once this sickness sets in, you know, he's going to take them away. No! Not when the watchmen are awake. Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. Amen. It's not everything that we must just accept and say, okay, hey, go and ask David. David was not that kind of watchman. I know, Sir Calvin, did you understand? Do you understand that? You don't speak to you. It means that what Satan has eaten away, it's okay, let him eat away, let him go. Do you accept that? David was a watchman over his father's flock, sheep. And a lion came and took one of the lambs. You could have said that after all, other sheep will give birth to lambs, so it's okay. But David was not that kind of watchman. He ran after a lion. And Bible said he caught the lion by his beard and pulled the lamb out of his mouth. Please think about it. No wonder God made him a watchman over the whole flock of Israel. Because if he could be that caring for a lamb in the, in the, in the, in the, what do you call it? In the face of a daring lion, then you can care for my people. So God knew his heart. And therefore made him the overseer of Israel. Another time, another bear, this one's not a lion, bear came for another lamb. David said he went for the, the bear also and pulled the lamb out of his mouth. That's a watchman. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder he wrote Psalm 23 and said, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, when the shepherd is watching over his flock, the flock never wants. And here I'm talking to myself, right? And I'm talking to the 25% who constitute 
the watchman. When I say where are the watchmen, I don't think that it is my responsibility or the responsibility of the pastorate alone to watch over these souls. The reason why sometimes we cry, say, God, bring more people. God says, me, bringing people. When people come and you sleep, do you know the implication? So God will send them elsewhere because the shepherds may be sleeping. And may not watch over the soul. So say, come, let them go somewhere else. Do you think this business is just sleep and talk and wear suit? It is a watchman job. It's not book matter. Book has its relevance, but it's a watchman job. You watch over souls. That is how we pick prophetic things. Sometimes, it's not everything that we come here and start talking about. If I start talking about everything about everybody, I will scare some people. There are so many things God will show. They are not meant for conversation. In fact, the individual even is is not supposed to know. You just intercede. To intercede means to stand in the gap and intercept Satan's agenda. Stop what Satan wants to do. That is to, to, to intercede. And that is the work of a watchman. If Jesus took three out of the twelve, I think we must take every three. I mean three out of every twelve. Hallelujah. Is that agreed? Which makes 25%. Meaning that out of this house, beginning from the year 2020, I told Pastor Shabo that now we are doing two hours, two hours, two hours for 12 hours every weekend. It's still not enough home. From next year, it's going to be daily from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. The four watches, at least two people or maybe three people will constitute every watch. 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, 3 to 6. You must watch and pray. Not just employ a watchman that will watch over materials. The real church is not the materials we see here. It is the souls. That's the real church. It's not this house. It is the souls. So that some things are not permitted to happen under our watch. Say Satan. We will put you where you belong. We will put you where you under belong. our feet. Under our feet. We're going to pray. Okay. Thank God this coming Friday we have all night. Some say all night. All night. The night hours, I've told you, is the, is the watch nights. I mean, the watch night period. There are four watches. So, if we are starting at 10 p.m., that means somewhere in the second watch, we are, you know, starting. And then into the last watch. But within that period, somebody must join. And let's watch over this house. Watch over the souls. Let's pray together. Let's stop Satan from executing his agenda. If we allow him one, he will go for the second. Are you there? Yes, Lord. If we allow him. Remember, what does the thief come to do? To steal. Steal, kill, kill, and destroy. destroy. So if you allow him, you realize, ah, he's stolen some things. This time, not materials like we see here, but stolen, stolen from the souls. And, I mean, eventually stealing even the souls. Because some people, when they get frustrated, they just leave church and say, enough is enough. I'm going back to the world. That's because nobody cared. Nobody watched over their soul. So they are, I'm going. And then eventually, if he steals and then you are still staying, he wants to kill and then destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come. 
We are here as watchmen to make sure there is life, to give life and to give it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Amen. Please stand to your feet. Where are the watchmen? Where are the watchmen?